0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman as, oh, of course, this wonderful podcast. And because it's a new week, join me on the other line from Forbes.com and the Westside Indianapolis News, Mr. Tony East. Tony, how are you doing?
1: I am doing excellent. I had... A wonderful weekend. I got to watch two Fever games. There's some good soccer on NBA Finals tonight. I'm psyched, and I get to squeeze in some time with you, Adam, to talk about free agent shooting guards the Indiana Pacers. So all in all, I'm doing great and had a great weekend.
0: Yeah, so we are in the midst of our free agent series. Um, we do this every summer, basically, where we go through kind of position by position, the free agent's available, kind of the top end, the middle end, in the low end. Um, so today's show is going to be shooting guards. We'll kind of start with explaining where the Pacers might need a shooting guard, whether it's in the starting lineup or on the bench or elsewhere. Uh, and then we'll talk about some of the names there. I will say this list is not as deep, uh, even as the point guard list, which wasn't super deep either. But this is definitely one of the probably the, the weaker fringe classes this year uh, compared just to any other position. The Pacers probably will need a player at, I guess, if you look at center, maybe. But this one is probably also the one where the Pacers have the second least need of the starting five, right? Agreed. Um, part of that is because they have Karis Levert, uh, and really it's because they have a bunch of, uh, kind of backup two guards. Sumner's a two guard. Aaron Holly is a two guard. Well, Lamb is kind of a two guard, right? He is. So
1: to me, beyond the fact that they have Levert, Sumner and Lamb, who I would consider their natural position to be off ball guard. I think Lamb, you could play small
0: four on the bench if you needed to.
1: Sure. Especially in the modern NBA. But I was, but the way I think about this position is they have a lot of guys who it's like it's their secondary position, right? Like Justin Holiday used to play two, can play two. Malcolm Brogdon used to play two, can play two. Aaron Holiday played a lot of two last year. So basically every guard on the team, except for McConnell, who who even knows if he'll be back, can play two if if things come to that. So that's why this position is so tough for the Pacers it's like sure in theory if you you know have Lamb play the three and Aaron Holliday play the one and then Brogdon's playing something else or you know if you move stuff around like maybe you can squeeze out some minutes for this position but barring like a we'll get to the moves that could lead to a shooting guard I guess but barring a move it's hard for me to see why they would prioritize this position in free agency depth is always good at positions with ball handling and shooting but prioritizing shooting guard does not seem like something they would do
0: yeah I mean I think the the thing too is they the two guard is kind of the spot where if somebody isn't a pure, perfect ball handler, they kind of get thrown right. Because I mean, if you're you have the ability to bring up the ball and kind of handle, it, you're going to be a punker no matter your size. The Pacers have enough size to at the point guard spot. Or like Brogdon is six, what five? Uh, Sumner is like six three. Uh, Lamb is six five or six six. Stuff like that, where they those guys can almost play seamlessly between like two and three at times. And so like it it seems like it's a priority where like they we need more ball handlers, not less. The shooting guard spot just has a lot of guys who are like not dominant ball handlers.
1: Yeah. So to me, the, co- the if, if you wanted to list like the biggest reason they might be pursuing a two guard in free agency, it's like this, it would involve two things happening. One is TJ McConnell does not come back. And then yep. Aaron holiday is the backup point guard, because then one guy who would in theory be in the shooting guard rotation next year is no longer in the shooting guard rotation. And two would be they salary dump Jeremy lamb, or yep. they shift they shift his money to a smaller salary slot, another position, or something where he is no longer on the team. Because then between Brogdon, Karis, Aaron Holiday, and Sumner, you have four guards, but you don't have a lot of depth there. Sumner's missed games every season of his career. Brogdon misses games every season of his career. Karras missed two. Games. Yeah. So all of a sudden you have only four guards and injury history in all of them. So you might want a fifth guy. You might want a guy who can play with Aaron Holiday just because we've seen him Shift positions around. But even in that case, just because it seems pretty likely that Brogdon and Levert are back, they're big, even if they have the biggest possible need, given those two moves for a backup two guard, it would still probably be a backup and not a starter. That's why it's like such a fallen position in the rankings of needs for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there there's a way, too. You lose McConnell, Aaron Holiday, and Lamb. That would definitely make a need for it. Yes, you can,
1: agreed. Like, ride, that, like, McConnell, or McConnell, excuse me,
0: Holiday and Lamb are the two most likely salary
1: trade moves, right? Yeah, so, and
0: I guess if those guys are moved, they're probably being moved for another guard in some ways, whether it's to clear the space to get a guard or get the 10th. salaries, whatever, not the space, but the salary numbers to match up for a guard. So, like, that's where that's possible. But, yeah, I mean, you probably need, like, five guards. and You probably want one for sure ball handler, one, and maybe, like, let's say one to three kind of ball handlers at, in between your five guards, give or take. Yeah. So the I other
1: mean, the other thing to me, that would be a, a a guy at this position is a guy who can play this, but also the three potentially, or, but I say that as just like a shooter in general, like if they lose McDermott, but they get a one-year deal for JJ Redick or a one-year deal for Wayne Ellington or Brent Forbes, or you go down the list. There are a lot of these guys who can play two and three as free agent shooting guards who are, good to really good shooters and that is another area where you could see them kind of pursue a guy who kind of plays this position but really is kind of signed to play a different position so I guess that would count as signing a shooting guard as we run through some of the guys on this list I just named three of them but that would be another reason to pursue someone who naturally plays this position because they can play somewhere else for you and remember they pursued Redick what was that two summers ago yeah before they got McDermott yeah, no, oh, I thought yeah, the well, that was they like went for the- Will Barton and uh, they went for Will Barton and then they went for um Joe Harris, right? And then the next summer they went for Reddick, wasn't it?
0: Was that? I thought they decided to go with McDermott over Red- Reddick because Reddick then, well, no, maybe Reddick was Reddick or Tyreek Evans that season. I, I thought
1: Reddick season. was exactly the Tyreek Evans. Yeah, summer. you
0: might, that sounds right, actually. I think you're right. 20.
1: No, no, the di- Tyreek Evans summer was the McDermott summer. I thought Reddick was 2019 cuz his current contract is only two years also. I'm pretty sure that was the case.
0: Okay. I yeah, it, it all bleds. I, I, I you know. And I, I, I know that <laughs> it went for him. I remember he talked about it on a on a yeah, he yeah. was going to go there <laughs> and then last minute Philly came in and gave right. him a better deal. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, oh that yeah, it was the the Warren summer. Yeah, that one. The it was like the Jeremy Lamb salary slot, I think's what it was
0: yeah whatever Um, it doesn't matter Um, yeah they had
1: interest in him is the only reason i bring him up specifically but you know a shooter in that mold who can play two three would also make a little bit of sense to me even if they don't lose a lot of their yeah
0: i mean i think the the mold too is is there like a shooting guard that is so good out there which really isn't phrase wise. but like is there somebody so good that like you can start him next to brogdon and lavert and more in some combination right like like i you know that they can afford
1: maybe we'll get to that though
0: well, the, the question, that guy probably isn't a free agent. There really isn't. I mean, there's maybe one guy on the list, maybe. But like the idea of like the probably is at that level. Obviously, somebody like Beal is those kind of guys. Right. But that's not somebody you're really getting in for agency. There's not none of those guys are free agents um, in the list. really. Well, it like the, there's the top guy and then it kind of is like a big gap between the second and third, second and first best. I have are out there, five,
1: maybe six. Now I have six guys ranked above MLE value and we'll get to that.
0: In a yeah, second. but I think there's like a definitely a one and then a gap between two. One and well, two. And
1: the thing about the one is I think a lot of listeners know, but we'll talk about it in next segment. Uh, he played four for his team a lot this season, too. So <laughs> to your point about him fitting as a starter at various positions, he has proven he can do that with his past team
0: yeah um all right we we, we teased it up we, we have a list let's do this let's take one quick break and we'll get to our like we said you said you had five or six kind of six big six
1: above mle guys
0: the I six above know. mle players but first today's locked on pacers podcast is brought to you by built bar Built Bar is an amazing protein bar company that we've been talking about for I think over a year now in Locked On Pastries podcast. They come in eighteen delicious, or I'm sorry, nine delicious flavors plus a bunch of limited time ones that can go up to like eighteen or twenty. Right now, they have a special limited time one called the Grasshopper Cookie. This Built Bar is a classic thin mint cookie, uh, all the flavor without without all that sugar. 115 calories and 17 grams of protein. Um, I'm a big fan of the peanut butter one, peanut butter brownie. It's a combination of that, whatever one they have going that time of the month. It has 18 grams of protein and about 180 calories. These protein bars are healthy. They're great of trying to lose or maintain weight. To me, they're perfect for that like mid-afternoon snack when you're trying to get get from, you know, the bread for kind of a lunch to the dinner and you don't necessarily want to eat a ton, but you want to get something because you're a little bit hungry. That's when I enjoy Built Bar. And right now, go to Built.com. It's a new website, Built.com. It's a called Grasshopper 15. You get 15% off your next order. That's promo code grasshopper15 for fifteen percent off at built.com. So Tony, your number one shooting guard for agent is Vitola Depot, right? <laughs> we will <laughs> kid, talk about I kid, it. I kid, I kid, I kid.
1: Uh Well, I want to say the reason we're dem- the demarcation line for segments is the MLE is because the way we do the third segment is usually realistic options. And given the Pacers cap situation, anyone worth more than the MLE is not a super realistic option free agency because they'd have to sign and trade. And I don't think anyone except for one guy to an extent makes sense to even sign and trade for because of the value they would take. But anyway, that's why we're segmenting it this way. Oladipo is in this segment though, the above MLE segment, although maybe he shouldn't be because of his knee problems right now. But yeah, the guy Adam talked about last segment and the guy at this position is DeMar DeRozan who I've liked more than the consensus for a while He's gotten a lot better as a playmaker, but he doesn't really shoot, but is a very talented player, good scorer, not a good defender. He is good. He'll probably make 15 to 20 million a year. He'd be a sign and trade guy. Um, but because he played, you know, we've seen him at six, 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 seven play the four, three, two in his career. He could be a fit as an as a even a wing player for the Pacers.
0: Yeah, my problem with him is I just don't think he's we talked about like a guy who could be a starter next to the, the you know, could slot in worn to the four in some combination. I don't think the road's at that level anymore. At least I don't think because of his size and his age, he's probably like an definitely probably overqualified six minutes on your team, but that's where he kind of falls somewhere from the Pacers. I mean, if you need a shooting guard, definitely Pacers don't necessarily need a shooting guard. I think Levert is probably at this point, slightly better than him on just both ends of the floor. But yeah, so it's some, you know, he's, it's why we said this class isn't really that great. He's, Ro- yeah. Rosen's like just not like, I mean, it's Rosen, even let's say, like a top 40 player in the league right now.
1: He's close to that, I'd say. Right. It's yes. probably like right Yeah, where he's he's probably,
0: he was close to all star level this year, I think. So, yes. Yeah. But all star level, everybody's like 35 guys at this point. I mean, right? yeah, it's,
1: it's really 25, right? 26. Yeah.
0: 20? But then there's, well, how many? Yeah. What, there were two reserves this year, two extras? Three. Yeah. So he was he was a top forty player this year, definitely. Okay. But like my he,
1: my issue with him isn't necessarily about what he is going forward, and that his skill set requires him to have the ball a lot. So if you're gonna have him be that extra starter, he's gonna push everyone else down the pecking order, and that's not good for the way Warren plays, or the way Levert plays, or really any of the rest of the starters. Yeah, so he doesn't. Kind of just a bad fit. Doesn't fit. fit. He doesn't fit. Yeah.
0: yeah, I think if he's your somebody get him as your sixth man, like if he's the Jeremy Lamb perfect. Oh early. my
1: gosh. He, that's like, he's way overqualified. Well, yeah,
0: exactly. But, that, but that's, I mean, if he's in that German Lamb role, then he's like playing like, like Andre Iguodala with, uh, with the warriors, right? Like he's at a right. role where like all of a sudden, that's the reason your team is like really good. Cause you're six, you sixth best player to be a starter in literally any other team in the league.
1: Yeah. So the rest of my above MLE list, uh, well, ca- all kind of comes with caveats of, of their current situation. So okay. next up is Depot, who obviously is not coming back to the Pacers. Um, He's probably worth a little more than the MLE just because, at his best, we've seen him be very good, but tons of risks with him. Is
0: he the worst available of the five, six guys you have? I think he might be. Uh, no, he's better than one of them, I think. Okay. I uh, cool. Depends. Yeah, I mean, if, I don't know how healthy he can ever be at this point. I mean, it's. Yeah. Well,
1: he was like legitimately good for the Pacers the first 10 games of the season. Yeah. Like, you really quickly should just forget
0: try. that less than a year ago, he was a we, good player. We should, we should say this. I mean, this is a Lance made this problem too. sometimes these Pacer players don't realize how. Like the Pacers are very accommodating players, and are very like willing to like try to, you know what I mean. And I think sometimes, Adam, you have
1: a Victor Oladipo season recap coming up in nine days. You're right.
0: I I will talk about that. But like, I think there (laughs) is something about that where like players kind of forget how accommodating the Pacers, because they really want to make players happy here. Certainly, there's some problem with maybe at times like it could be friction, but they try to like make it work. Like they're not like gonna like just like say my way or the highway a lot of times.
1: Right. So the next three guys. Uh, I'll bring up all-in-one swoop for the same reason, although they'd all be good on the Pacers technically. They kind of have the DeRozan issue where they wouldn't fit, and they're too expensive. But anyway, Tim Hardaway Jr., Evan Fournier, and Norm Powell, all really good and coming off of good seasons with their old team. Hardaway just had a great season under Carlisle, ironically, Uh, and his dad played for the Pacers for a little bit. So decent fit for all those guys because they're all good. However, the reason I bucket them all together is – they are all on over the cap teams that need them back. Yeah, so,
0: no, those three guys if they left their team it'd be super surprising. That'd be a sign in trade.
1: Well, they'd uh, I think Tim Hardaway to the Heat has some uh some legs in in, in uh in general, but um all those guys are going to get big overpays probably yeah. from their old team and that's going to price them out of
0: the Pacers. Yeah, like could Hardaway get like what $25 million a year? Close to that. His playoffs was good. Yeah, but he's not I mean he's Oh, I guess I got. Re- could he get close thirty? The
1: only reason I say Hardaway could leave is because the Mavs might try to be a cap space team, and then he would he would be a casualty of that. But Fournier almost like the the Celtics give up a lot for him, so he's almost a lock to be back. Same with yeah, Powell. Same with
0: Powell. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Although Powell, I guess Powell could be available if they decide to blow that thing up. But they haven't done that yet. Yeah.
1: So I only have one more guy over the MLE. Do you know who it is?
0: Um, look at the list, is it? Do you have Reddick over there? I wouldn't.
1: No, it's not. Not even close. Reddick's barely
0: over the minimum at this point. Right? That's, I mean, uh, Green then, right? Maybe. It's
1: Danny Green. I think Danny Green's still good. The teams he's been on are always good, and him getting hurt kind of hurt the Sixers in this postseason. He's the guy I had below Depot but still above MLE, just so you know. Danny Green teams are always good, right? Spurs' run was fantastic. Toronto won a title. Lakers won a title. Philly was great. He got hurt. I, I'm not saying he's the reason they lost that series, but – uh, you know, he's a good player. He would actually, so he fits the bill that I think would fit the Pacers where he can play two and three and he can shoot. Although he has some completely ghosting shooting minutes, um, but still oh, well over 40% the last couple of years, over 40% for his career. So a good shooter. Um, so he'd be a good fit to me. For yeah. The Pacers, three time he's out of their, he's out of their champion. price. Range.
0: Danny green, right? Three time champion.
1: The three Toronto
0: yeah. LA and San Antonio three-time, and three time. You're right. I thought he won twice on the Spurs for some reason. But uh, yes, three-time. I don't think so Just three. Confirmed. Four NBA final appearances, though. That's right. Yes.
1: So a good player, good fit to me. But similar to the last couple of guys, he the the Sixers have to pay him to keep him, and so they'll probably have to use his bird rights to overpay him slightly. Although he is old, so that's a little risky for them. But
0: they don't have a lot of ways to upgrade their team. So I'm yeah. He'd be great in the games. German. Be great in the German Lamb
1: Excellent in the German roll, Yes.
0: Even maybe I made like 15 instead of 10 and a half. Be great still.
1: Yeah. So he'll probably to me he'll probably get like 10 to 12 million per year. Uh, and it's yeah.
0: just a little too much for the Pacers. Yeah, if you could somehow convert Aaron Holland and lamb into him, that would be like That would be great. The golden be. move. But I don't I mean, I don't think I don't think Philly's taking that deal.
1: I agree. Everyone else, okay. I guess what do you think of Josh Richardson? Do you feel like he's above MLE? Because he's had a couple rough years in a row now.
0: Yeah. I mean, he if you talk to me, what was it three seasons ago? He came off when he got traded from what, what, what was the heat, he heat from the heat to the Sixers. Right. And he's the heat was really good that one year, right? Sixteen yep. sixteen point game season, yeah. Yeah, I mean he was he was part of that heat team that what remember they finished the year like 30 and 10. Yeah and they missed the playoffs, yeah. but they just like they completely tore it off at the end of the season and like looked like the best team for the second half of the season. Uh he was riding high then and then went to Philly and kind of stunk. He was part of the Jimmy Butler trade, right? Ultimately. He was, yes. Right, the Jimmy Butler sign in trade. I mean, fell onto the heat, obviously. Um, I mean, I don't I don't think he gets to mid level almost like maybe just below it. Right. I mean, I he's he'll still
1: probably get it.
0: Eight, nine million a year. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Below it. I he's mean, he's still good. Definitely. Um, But I think that, you know, that heat year, he looked awesome. Right. And and, and everybody he's, thought he was like the next big thing. And that was a big pickup for Philly. But I think we've seen on his last two teams, he's been really overcast when he has to ball handle a lot. He didn't have to do that as much with the heat. You know, that team had like Dragic and waiters and a bunch of other guys who handled the ball he's a, lot. a bit of
0: a shooter, to be honest.
1: More, yeah, he's not that awesome of an, of a, an off ball guy. He's more of a slasher secondary guy. So when he's really overcast in these dribbling roles, he he's kind of been exposed as good defender still, but more of an off ball guy. So I think he's probably in the Pacers price range. And he's the only other guy I think needed mention in this segment.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, I would say that he's a be great. The Jimmy Lamroll.
1: I lied. There's one more guy I want to bring up.
0: Okay. Barely
1: again, barely Josh Hart. Uh, Josh Hart. would be an excellent fit with the Pacers. Do you know why I think that? Why? he's one of the best rebounding guards in the NBA and the Pacers are the worst rebounding guard team in the NBA. That's, that's anecdotal. I don't actually have stats for that, but they just stink at it. Josh Hart is six, five and averaged eight rebounds per game in under 30 minutes per game for the Pels this year. So his offensive game's kind of weak. He's not a good shooter or scorer in general. Uh, He's definitely more of an off ball guy and he's good on defense though. And he's a great rebounder. So I think he might get more than the MLE just because he's restricted and that sometimes can trap teams that are over the cap. But in a sign and trade situation, if the Pacers could get Hart, he would be an excellent fit for what they need.
0: So what they could They get sign and train for him and Lonzo in the same move.
1: That <laughs> that that would be excellent for uh for my entertainment. What would that program. cost that would
0: be thirty million dollars, right? Do that? Yeah, probably between both them. Total thing. So be, uh,
1: I don't think Josh Hart gets more in the MLE, but it is possible given his situation. But he he would be an like he's the the dream fit to me given what Pacers guards do and don't do right now because he can play off ball wouldn't require a ton of touches but great at the stuff that some of their current guards stink at like playing up positions on defense grabbing those heady rebounds being steady in transition on both ends i just i think he'd be a great fit but probably unavailable
0: yeah i would agree with you i mean i the Pacers. the thing with the pacers is they, i actually think they need they do need a two guard more than we're thinking at least on the bench right i mean that uh, I, no I well know. okay i I think I, – I guess it depends on McConnell is the key there. But I think, like, two of the guys who are, were sliding in the guard spots are, like, almost unplayable. But uh, we can – I mean, I, I, Lamb was pretty unplayable last year at times. He was
1: really bad on defense. But yeah, I think so Aaron Sumner exists. Sumner was great last
0: year. No, Sumner is great. But, like, if they if they just don't get McConnell back, right, and then they just have Sumner as their bench guard because I don't think Lamb and Holly are necessarily that playable.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: so i mean i, mean, I was, was great
1: on offense but he definitely was bad last year as a whole yeah yeah
0: yeah lamb was we, we, we had like whole like He's shows that how lamb couldn't play defense. i was so
1: much higher on him than everybody else his first year with the team and i have now i'm just so down he, on him
0: he made so much sense at 10 and a half million dollars as like a six man slotted behind Like could play a little bit better it was, it was the the post illegal injury to seasons it was like oh he'll play for a little while and then people come back it'd be great he started a bunch yeah, remember that he, no, he got hurt the first, uh, he, on and off started because he kept getting hurt. He got Ready? hurt
1: like four games after Vic came back.
0: <laughs> oh, and remember he got hurt in the very first game of the Pacers, he like hurt his hamstring. Right. He just never really got up to a good foot, uh, frankly. But anyways, so yeah, let's let's do that. Let's talk about some of the like kind of lower names of the list. We could probably come to the Pacers for reasonable money and actually have a more realistic shot of being a Pacer next season. But first, today's Locked on Pacers podcast is also brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We are in the heart of the NBA finals. The NHL season already ended, but we are in the heart of the baseball season. The NFL is just around the corner. And betonline Digest is the place to go to track all your action, the latest news, odds, and infos, and in all the major four sports, as well as UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bed Online on your laptop mobile device. Check out all the great news, bonus information, and contest information. Because use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But betonline.ag today, betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, Tony, I throw to you because you're usually really good at these like backbenchers You could be available for the Pacers. So give me some, <laughs> nice. give me some names. I mean, I got, a, I'm looking at the list and I got a few up, but give me a few of yours first.
1: Oh, uh, we forgot a guy
0: again. Oh it's my awesome. God. Who would forget this time?
1: Gary Trent's going to get more in the MLE from Toronto, but he's not an option anyway because he's a restricted free agent. So this is they interesting.
0: What not Bruce Brown also a free
1: agent too? Yeah, but he's not going to get more in the MLE. Um, Okay. Yeah, this is hard because, again, it's not like a priority position for the Pacers. So, like, the if Lamb is-gone group, guys who can be a facsimile of that kind of player, right, the guy who can kind of score or give you something you might need, like Langston Galloway has been doing that for a bunch of teams for years now. Same with Etwan Moore, uh, Indiana, for a little bit of his life there. Uh, And then they could chase the shooter. Oh, Alex Caruso can kind of be an off-ball guy as well as a good defender. And then if they chase the shooter route, you have a bunch of guys, Wayne Ellington, Wesley Matthews, yeah. Bryn Forbes, Kent Bazemore, Svima Luke, although he probably isn't leaving the Thunder, right? There's a, a Tony Snell, JJ Redick, right? The shooting route is huge. And then you have the third route, which is kind of your offensive specialist hybrid guys, Lou Williams, Alec Burks, Malik Monk. Um, I mean, that group's really big as well. So there's a lot of guys that kind of fit different roles, which makes it hard to see exactly what the Pacers want. But a guy I want to start by focusing on, if you don't mind, is Garrett Temple. Because remember, as J. Michael reported in Indy Star, the Pacers had interest in trading for him last year. And Kevin Pritchard said in his end-of-season press conference that the Pacers were kind of searching for a locker room leader, right? He kind of challenged a lot of the players to be that guy. Temple's been around the block on a lot of teams. He's a good player. He's 36 now. So maybe he's not necessarily a good player player at this stage of his career he was actually okay for Chicago last year um, but he's not necessarily awesome anymore but he's good he can be a locker room leader because he's played on a bunch of teams and he can play two three so I wanted to throw him in there he's an okay defender as well as a vet who could make some sense but he would probably barely correct the rotation if he even did
0: yeah I guess I I'm wondering if they end up losing McConnell and they end up whatever moving on from Lamb and Holiday and whatnot Can you end up playing a lineup of like Sumner, whoever the shooting guard is, Holiday, McDermott, and Sabonis? Like, is that like a playable lineup at all? Right. So, like, could you go with the? Could you just go pure shooting and make Sabonis the point guard in this lineup? Almost in some ways.
1: Technically, yeah. Well, I
0: mean, like, right, like, like you said, Wayne Ellington, you know, like those kind of guys. I mean, Garrett Temple, I think, is a guy you sign if like he's your eleventh or twelfth guy. I mean, you're not like
1: Al Jefferson, yes. Yeah,
0: you're. He's not playing, but it's not a bad sign. But I'm like, I'm wondering if there's some guys who are worth actually like. I guess, is Wesley Matthews still good enough? I guess he was okay last year, right?
1: Uh, he definitely is showing signs of slowing down, but he was okay.
0: Yeah, he'd be a return. I remember when he played here, about two years ago now?
1: I enjoyed him more than most. He was good. Yeah, I mean, the Arrow celebration.
0: Yeah, his issue is that he was just so grateful for that Achilles injury, but yeah, it is what it so the, is.
1: The thing about shooting... So, two things I want to add to what you just said. One... I think Bjorkgren kind of ruined our idea of a bench. because it, Oh, he screwed not, it up so hard. You should not play the, the, all the bench at the same time, right? Like even McMillan in his heyday was kind of aggressive with bench groups, but he only usually had three in there at the same time. Not all of them at once. So that five-man unit you describe of their second unit would probably very rarely all play together. But two, with shooting in particular, more so than like the Jordan Clarkson six man where like that guy only plays with the bench because he is the ball handler shooters can play with any group, right? They don't have to be locked into the bench. Like they can be your first sub because they come in and they're a good shooter and fit with every group. Right? So that's where Ellington or all the guys we just named, but I pick Ellington in particular, because I love the way he shoots. I swear Wayne Ellington shoots better with a hand in his face than on wide open shots. It's the weirdest thing, but yeah, the shooters fit with any group, Brent Forbes as well. Sveen Mikhailuk has been a great shooter through his career. Uh, so those guys would fit with any group and make them a good fit in general if they
0: will take the Pacers money. Yeah, in Yorker's defense, he 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 didn't have a bench because he basically had to start off bench players by <laughs> halfway into the That's season. That's
1: true. Well, the the unit itself was obviously, you know, impacted by injuries, but I just meant that he would like hockey sub basically at times. Not always, but there was a lot, like the second quarter would start and they would go four minutes with a full second unit groups and in fourth quarter sometimes.
0: Yeah, but, then, but also it's the fact that he was like he had only like two starters at any moment, like of a starting original starting five. I, mean, I don't know. I, I know what you mean, but like, I just feel like his whole lineups got thrown off. Cause he had like no ability to like, he was playing like so deep into his bench. Like didn't I think that, just, and
1: the fact that he just overtaxed the and Brogdon.
0: Yeah. So he was forced into those lineups at times. Yeah. Right. I mean, cause we saw what the first like five games, he was sort of changing up, right. He was like, and yes. go a full right. quarter, Warren go a full quarter here or there. Correct. Kind of stuff like that. But yeah. Um, until everything went to kind of hell. Um, yeah, so when you like, who do you think is the most uh like actually likely player to be on the page next year of, of like this list? Uh
1: I keep talking about Ellington just as a shooter, but um, you know, Reddick, we talked about his ties to the org and their interest in him before he could also be that leader. And again, you don't think Reddick goes to
0: like Brooklyn Brooklyn is like a that is and lives a, there.
1: Extremely likely to me. Right.
0: He lives there. He can he's made enough money now, like he's made a ton of money last five seasons already
1: Carlisle ties is why I bring him up
0: Oh, okay that makes sense
1: played for Dallas at the end of last year
0: did you not want to go to Dallas though with not a big issue
1: <laughs> well he wanted to go he thought he was going to get traded to one of his home teams and then the Pelicans were like nah Dallas yeah. So I don't think he didn't like Dallas I just thought he thought I think he thought he said on his own podcast that he was going to go somewhere else I want the Pacers to get ready just so I can hear about the Pacers on JJ's podcast all the time that would be very good for content reasons. it would be you are not wrong about that <laughs> Tony Snell is a, another, like, has been playing well and shooting well in his recent teams kind of fit. I'm I'm more drawn to shooters because, like, Lou Williams is great as a bench scorer and, and would be a good fit if Lamb is gone, but, like, just not – doesn't – well, first of all, he'll probably resign with his hometown team, but it just doesn't make sense to me that they would add more ball handling to the roster. They already have kind of a lot of it. You know what I mean? So, like, him and Alec Burks would be good – they're good players. They're good fits with any team because – Combo guards who can attack and score and create are really good. We saw that with the Hawks this whole playoffs. They just aren't really fits for what the Pacers' role they would be offering is.
0: Yeah, I I think you get shooting and you figure it out. I think that's also a little bit of it, right? Like, I think I feel like they have enough ball handlers in the starting lineup, right? So they have, like, Karras who can play a little bit. They have Roden do a little bit. Sabonis can do it. And, like, could you just figure out how to get those guys with four bench players that are shooting, basically, instead of whatever you know because that that might work right because if you stagger it correctly uh, so my
1: favorite my favorite fits of like the proven solid nba players would probably be josh hart and then one of the cheap shooters uh, that's ellington forbes Baysmore, whatever some of those guys
0: yeah i mean i actually think if you get to get tim Hardaway jr that'd be fantastic like he would be he, he could yeah, probably start excellent. he could probably start or be you know what i mean like he's got Ooh, enough yeah. size you give
1: him. up a big to do that just if he's starting i mean but yeah yeah
0: yeah but but that's that's how you get him
1: <laughs> so let's there's some cheap guys that are interesting, right? The, the non-quite-proven guys who are still good. Oh, Bruce Brown's a great fit as well, uh, if you would take the Pacers' money, both as a guy who could fit with the like, starting group
0: and with the bench. Could you convince the Mavs if you get like a first-round pick, Turner and Lamb and Aaron Holiday? That's or, way too much for Tim Hardaway to me.
1: In a sign-and-trade situation, it is.
0: Yeah, but I feel like maybe – but then you're finally solving your center thing and you're, over, you're overpaying, but I think then you're, you might have to overpay to get out of the center problem finally. <laughs> I disagree, but anyway, that's fair. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm just spitballing at this point
1: in the cheap option group. Theo Pinson has proven with past teams. He can be a heady defender. Nuwaba, remember, had interest. No one will remember this, but me, but David Nuwaba, I think he was with the Cavs at the time. Let me make sure that he played for them. I think it was the beginning of two seasons ago. Yeah. When he signed with the Cavs, he mentioned that the Pacers had interest in him in the summer of 2018 as a minimum guy. Uh, He's one of those kind of three kind of D guys who could grow into something, although he's 28 now. So whatever. He's interesting, but not quite good. Talon Horton Tucker is going to resign with the Lakers and is restricted uh, by the arena's provision. So impossible to get. Uh, And Kendrick Nunn is a DV guy in the past. So probably not a guy the Pacers would be interested in. Same with Terrence Davis. They both have played okay in their NBA
0: careers, but are not good people. So not good fits either. Yeah, I would agree. Um... Uh, That I think is everybody. Yeah, I think that's that's the list.
1: So yeah, the best fits to me are if they if they need someone at this position would be Bruce Brown, Josh Hart, uh, or any of the shooters that we've mentioned a thousand times, or Garrett Temple for the vet reasons.
0: Yeah, and I, I I think if we're ranking like by the five positions the least likely to sign this is probably the second to last one, the center. Least, yes. I mean, well, I guess the question is center you could trade and then you need a third center to have one. But, like, they're, if they're – this is probably the le- – I was going to say, I,
1: I might rank center ahead of this. Just so this might be the
0: they- least likely guy, like, even a backup to be signed, really. I don't know if they even sign, like, a way down bench two guard, to be honest.
1: Like, if- I think it's more likely that they would deal a starting big and then have to sign a big than they'll, then they'll need to sign any of the guys on the shooting guard list of free agents. So I might rank this as the least likely position to be added.
0: Yeah, you might not be
1: wrong. Unless it's someone who can play a different position, but – just of this list of names. Yeah, well,
0: it'll be it'll be like a like a shooting guard small forward combo or shooting guard point Correct. guard combo kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Yes, someone who I think if they get it to, it will be someone whose actual role with the Pacers is not two guard. If that makes any sense, which sounds really dumb to say. And no, I... I positions I, aren't even really a thing anymore. But I just that's what I mean.
0: Somebody who plays seamlessly between McDermott, Holiday, and X over the periods. Correct. Patriots. Yeah. Okay. I share you there. All right. Any other names? I think that that taps them all right
1: uh i don't think anyone else who's like on a two-way is really interesting to me uh cindarius T- T- thornwell and troy daniels are two guys who got minimums from teams this year that are okay but probably would
0: not or probably not the other thing we two-way should two-way know two-way is they could say could take a guy at this position in the draft and that could then be the guy they end up we playing. didn't talk about that with the point guards either
1: but that's a good point if they, if they draft a guy then they definitely won't sign a guy at this
0: point. yeah i mean that's pretty much the case for any position i feel like right right uh maybe Maybe not small forward because you guys have as many small forwards as you want because it's like mostly one position but yeah I think H- if take
1: of small yeah. forwards uh our next free agency show Thursday we'll go through small forwards, which is one of the best positions this summer uh that it Clark. always is
0: Tony it always is there's just, it's, <laughs> no, it's... Well,
1: there's actually like a ton of of oh well not a ton
0: that's where the there's best I mean that's the best players in the league are small forwards now the league is a small forward league.
1: Yeah, but there's like a swath of okay guys at the three and there wasn't that case for this position. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's fair. And then uh, we'll do- maybe it's
1: not the best. I'd have to check them all, but yeah, that's Thursday. We'll talk about small forwards. And since there's a the very big free agent, small forward for the Pacers, lots to talk about at that spot. So yeah, that'll be fun. And this week for our player recaps, we only have two more guys who were on the season for the entire season. So it's guards week. It's Brogdon and lamb. And then Friday we'll go through the two way guys, uh, Brian Bowen, Jalen, the Q and Namita Brima.
0: Oh, Oh, that's why Tony called. I'm not going to say we called it on, on our sheet. Others. Yeah, well, I didn't didn't want to say that. I didn't want to be nice.
1: Well, I call them the others because they're all stuck together, and I don't have a name for them like Guard Week, Wing Week, the Mid Season Acquisitions
0: Week is back next of week. the Bench Week or Players.
1: Yeah, there's not a week for that. So no, you're right. You're fair. They, just, they, fair they just get thrown in as the others. That's no offense to their skills or their basketball.
0: Yeah, player. I mean they're still one of the 450 best players in in, in the Michigan. world. But yeah. So, yeah. All That's right. it's coming up? All right. Well, as always, you can follow our podcast at Locked On Page on Twitter. Tony at t NBA, me at Free Madam Five. As always, we bring this podcast five days a week. We are only, I think we are now, as I were sit here recording at 4.15 Eastern on July 11th, 16 days away, 17 day. no, I'm sorry, 18 days away. Wow, from the NBA draft and uh, like 19 days away from free agency. So it will be a big time in the, the month. Check it all, you know, stay with us and as we preview all that and we'll bring you shows, obviously, when that stuff happens. That's all for the Locked On podcast and we'll see you guys again.